0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone! It's oh my the mark of fantasy excellence.
1: You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Right.
2: Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Tuesday, November 20th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me speed, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed. To be joined by my man FSWA Hall of Famer El Rey de Fantasía, the King Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling today? I guess we should have taken the over, huh? Yeah, I
1: guess we should have maybe multiplied it by another half here, and uh, you know maybe we was going to du- maybe we should have doubled it and uh, may- taken the over under, and you know probably one of the most entertaining games that anybody's ever going to see. Uh, you know, that, that was the good part. I think the bad part was watching, uh, I, I don't know if you were following this game on Twitter or not, Dane, but the, I think everybody, you know, everybody who was watching the game, you know, took this game as like an opportunity to try to be a comedian. So, you know, this game was oh, really? like, no, like that. and This game was uh, like this. And this game reminds me of that. It's just like, you know, watch the game. You know, we're not, we're not gotcha. being entertained by the game, not by you.
2: No, absolutely. I completely agree. And I will say this a quick note. You know, this game, the game scored so many points. You know, there were 925 passing yards, over a thousand total yards, 11, uh, you know, kind of touchdowns involved. But, I also woke up this morning, as a lot of people did, Scott. I don't know how many of these leagues you play on Yahoo, but check this out. Yahoo literally has a note at the top of their screen. I am not kidding. When you go to check the scores and your points to see if you won, it literally says, Yahoo Fantasy Sports is aware that league scoring may be missing stats for some players, and we are working to correct the issue as soon as possible. Scottie really? Yahoo just couldn't keep up with the stats. They I'm broke looking at it, it. Broke? Yes. The game broke <laughs> Yahoo. I am not kidding. We go on like a stat tracker or whatnot. For example, okay, I'm in first place in this league. That's my home, Joe. I have a, on the stat tracker. I have 171 points put up for this week. Another team that I'm consider, I'm t- checking out because they're in second and a beast is uh, named the People vs O.J. Howard. Right? They on That's stat right. tracker scored 180 points this week. I scored. 171 then I go onto the site and it has this this other guy has 168 points it really couldn't keep up they have yet to enter all the stats on the back end somehow this game was so prolific it broke fantasy website Scott
1: wow that's that that's amazing I don't think I've and I've been doing this for a long time you know 23 years I I can't remember you know I, I there's been instances where live scoring has not come in. etc. Right. Yeah, you know, that uh, I can't say I've never seen it happen, but I haven't I haven't seen something th- in along these lines uh, right, right, right. You know, be, be uh, you know happen like this in, in a very long in a very long time. But you always gotta remember that live scoring is not official, so uh, you know I'm sure they'll get everything correct. You know, I have seen instances you know, where I was in the early days at, at CBS Sportsline where you just you had so many users logging on that, you know, it just right. created technical issues. You know, maybe that was it. Maybe so many people were, like, logging on to live scoring because I can't recall recently where on a Monday night game where it decided so many results. Very often we'll go into a Monday night game and you'll feel something is decided and maybe some people won't even check their live scoring.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. But the players that were on teams that helped decide these games, I mean, we can go through the stats, but it's going to be like a broken record of me just putting up huge numbers. So, for example, let's start on the winning side. Jared Goff, those 31 of 49, 413 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions, which was interesting. Todd Gurley, people are saying that he had a quiet night in all this kind of scoring, uh, you know, you know, jambalaya jamboree, shall I say. He gets 55 yards on the ground, another 39 yards through the air. Does not get into the end zone. But listen, all the receivers show up. Cooks gets 107. Reynolds gets 80 in a touch. Woods gets 72 in a touch. Higby gets 63. Gerald Edward with two touchdowns. What I do notice, though, and kind of on both sides, it looks like both sides, you know, completely abandon the running game. Uh, very, very quickly, they knew what kind of game this was going to be. I was no—I I noticed Kareem Hunt only 14 carries, not his usual load, and Gurley and Brown combined for only 16 carries. It looks like both of these teams abandoned the run game real easy because they saw the prolific offense on the other side of the field.
1: Yeah, this was interesting. Like G- G- Hunt still got his points from a long catch and run, and you, you right. It, it was—it just—it was amazing to me, especially how the uh, how the Rams abandoned the run, like, almost right away. And uh, there was a good chunk of the first quarter where Gurley was actually standing on the sidelines and taking a lot of fantasy players off with Malcolm Brown in there. But just, like, but so many play-action fakes from Jared Goff. It's like almost every pass last night was a play-action fake to the point where... By the fourth quarter, the Chiefs weren't buying it anymore. They were just blitzing, like, okay, we well, you know we're not, we're not, we're not buying into the fake. You're doing it every single time. It was almost like they they could have done it because you know maybe that would have slowed the other offense down. But I guess they felt the Kansas City City pass defense was just so bad that they just kept attacking, 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 and they played into the narrative. They played into the script when they really didn't have to. You know, if they wanted to, they could have slowed things down with Gurley.
2: It's true. I will say this. The Chiefs did, in fact, get five sacks on Jared Goff today or last night. You know, Mahomes was also sacked three times. You know, you make that point about the play-action fake. You know, it's interesting um, Because, to be honest, Scott, you know, like, the yards are so high. The points were also so high. Interestingly enough, you know, we were joking about the punts last week. There were seven punts in this game, Scott. So the, the, I, I think it's crazy that there was 105 points scored and there was still enough drives for there to be seven drives that still ended in a punt and also seven other drives that ended in turnovers. Scott, there was 105 points scored. And there were still 14 other drives, seven that ended in punt, seven that ended with a turnover. I've never seen this happen before, Scott. There were 105 points scored, and that does not count 14 other drives in the game.
1: Yeah, and uh, the other part of it too was, you know, we actually saw three defensive touchdowns as well, and we, we almost saw a fourth, you know, but they got the call wrong there. So you know, it doesn't really matter anyway. But uh, it it was, it was it was just a passing fest. It was like it was like watching a game of Madden, you know, where, right. where McVeigh and Reed had the controllers, and uh, you know they were hitting X Y B A, and uh, mm-hmm. because you just you didn't see the running game. It's a, you saw all those points, and you only got 11 PPR from Todd Gurley. You know that was crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Patty Mahomes, 36 of 46, 478 yards, six touchdowns. But he did turn the ball over five times, Scotty. Three interceptions, two lost fumbles. My question for you, I guess, as it relates to Mahomes, as it relates to most of this stuff, I mean, and both of these teams, like... You don't change your perception of Patty Mahomes because of five turnovers in this game, do you? A lot of them were chucking the ball downfield when they needed to. In the last, in the last like minute and a half, he had two, you know, deep interceptions kind of thing. I know, and the symmetry in this game, you know, two both teams missing the extra point, both teams getting a strip sack, you know, score on the other side. But like, you don't actually change your perception of any of the players in this game, right? This was just such a kind of a unique masterpiece. That was just so fun to watch. But to your point, with Todd Gurley not getting in the end zone, it doesn't change your opinion of him. With Patty Mahomes turning the ball over five times, it doesn't give you change your opinion of him. The Kansas City Chiefs who lose to go to 9-2 and two in this game, it does not change your opinion of them. And I don't think it changes your opinion of the Rams yet really either. This was like a beautiful kind of non-conference game to watch. But... Everything is still in front of the Chiefs and the Rams for their team, and we know what this is for fantasy, right? It doesn't change your perception for anybody, does it?
1: For fantasy, it doesn't. Uh, You know, Todd Gurley can always bounce back. Uh, From the NFL perspective, though, if you're looking at the Chiefs, you know, and their Super Bowl chances and as a playoff team, uh, look, Mahomes is having a terrific, terrific year. You know, he's an MVP candidate. But at the same time, you know, he's, you know, coming into this year, he had a reputation as a gunslinger. And, uh, you know, those last two picks, you know, were risky throws, especially the second one. He he basically threw into double coverage. So when you're looking at the Chiefs and their Super Bowl chances, uh, when you have a quarterback who turns the the ball over five times against one of the best teams in the NFL, You're saying that, you know, maybe this is a guy with a game on the line where it's going to be risky and it could go either way. You know, I think a lot of people are assuming, you know, okay, the Chiefs, you know, they're the best team in the AFC. They're definitely going to go to the Super Bowl. They're my pick. You know, I don't think you see Ben Roth. Ben Roethlisberger makes turnovers, but I'd rather have the ball in his hands than Mahomes, who has no playoff experience and has turned the ball over five times in a game. So basically, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, it it makes me have a little bit of cause for pause when I'm thinking about the Chiefs is winning the AFC.
2: Hmm, that's interesting. I mean. Because something you said in there was like it can go either way, right? Didn't it we can. already know that with a gunslinger? Isn't that kind of part and parcel of what that means? You know, being the kind of gunslinger with all the comparisons have been to guys like Brett Favre and stuff like that. Isn't that part? Isn't that you know part of the package with the quote unquote gunslinger label or mentality? Isn't that exactly what the gunslinger means? That like sometimes those kind of throws are gonna get picked off. It like, isn't isn't thats isn't that part of the package deal?
1: It you know it's supposed to be when you're describing the guy that way, but he really didn't look right. like it until last night. Uh, those were the first two defensive touchdowns scored against him all season. So you, you know, and then you look at so him, you're saying you're in the first nine
2: old, weeks of the season he wasn't necessarily a gunslinger.
1: It, you really you were seeing a lot of games where he just wasn't turning the ball over. It's like he didn't really suit that gunslinger sort of description. Ideally, until last night, I think you know. You look at exactly. you look at the fact he's only got ten interceptions, you know. And he what did he have three last night? He only had seven he interceptions did. until last night. He he's got seventeen turnovers, right? He he had he had five of them last night. He only had a dozen turnovers coming into last night. So it wasn't really yeah. until last night, you know, in a marquee matchup against one of the best teams in the NFL, that he finally gave you cause for pause. And I think we got to. We got to remember two things, you know. They've lost two games. You know, they've been to the Rams, and the and the Patriots. Those yeah. are very good teams, and I think you have to remember that. I think I'm not saying that, that they can't win the NFC. It just gives me cause for pause. You know, when de- trying to definitely pick my my AFC number one team, you know, they've right. lost they've lost to Tom Brady, you know, and they've lost to to the uh, arguably the best team in the NFC, and I say arguably because uh, you, know, you can the make a debate on either, either way, you know, the, the, exactly.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I guess here's my question for you, Scott, and, I, and I, I hear what you're saying, and listen, he did turn the ball over five times, you know, I mean, but if I told you going into a game, if I told you going into the game that your quarterback would turn the ball over five times, But he'd also throw for six touchdowns, and that your team would put up 51 points. Would you sign for that going into the game?
1: Yes, I certainly would. Right. Uh, But you know, I would, I would, I would think with five turnovers that at the end I might be on the losing end. But uh, with six. (laughs) But if I told you there
2: was 51 points involved, you'd take that, right? I mean, like so. Yeah. But then again, if
1: I'm coaching the Chiefs, I'm like, well, how many did I give up?
2: I guess, I know, but, like, the thing is, it's almost like... Because, honestly, Scott, like, here's my thing. If you played this exact game ten times, you know, and there's so many variables, right? Like, would Tariq Hill, get, you know, be able to burn you for the 80-yard touchdown? Would all those sack fumbles happen? If we played this kind of crazy... Gunslinging to your point game back and forth, like it was very, very close, you know, within like within a minute or two left. So I would if I were like Chiefs fans or or Chiefs coaches, even it's almost like back in back in the old days playing on the playground. You know, if you lost at a basketball game, it was real close. You'd be like, let's run it back. Let's run it back. Let's do it again, you know? And I really think everyone on the Chiefs side would pretty much be comfortable running it back and trying it again. Like this was this was a fifty-fifty coin flip kind of game throughout the entire game.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. You know, it was it was just it was just a thrill to watch. And uh you know, still having fun this morning, you know, before you know, during the breaks and before we were on the air, you know, going through my leagues. Uh, yeah. You know, make sure you check your league standing this morning because you won nine games. Uh, you know, there's a very good chance that you've you've clinched a playoff spot in your league.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm staring at some little stars next to my names in some leagues as well, which I thoroughly. What sites today have the stars
1: on? Because it seems like you have to uh, manually figure it out on a lot of sites.
2: Oh, really? No, I'm staring at that same Yahoo league that is telling me that the stats are still yeah, coming. Yahoo in does that. And-
1: Maybe, and next to
2: my team, yeah. yeah. next to my team, that's my homes, yo. There's a ten and one next to it, and there's a little star next to my name. And not only have I clinched the playoff spot, but I've clinched a buy in that league. Scotty, you're doing well in the Grinney Street Tavern League, as we know. Um, if you look at the play, if you look at kind of the power rankings, um, three of the top five people. In that league, in terms of the power rankings, are in fact your morning hosts here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blewett and the King Scott Angle, numbers one and two in the power rankings and speeds the spitting statistician toiling. But in playoff position in the number 5 spot when it comes to the playoffs. Unfortunately, though, another one of our hosts is down in the 10th spot in this league. But we'll talk about that another time. I'm sure the king, Scott Engel, I, I, will get into I, that I, one. What's up?
1: I, 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 I have uh, one team in my dynasty league that's 0-11 right now. So with mm-hmm. two weeks to go, it's realistic that he could could end up winless. Have you ever played in the league where it somebody is, was winless?
2: Yes, I am in a league right now where someone is 0-11, and and because it is a long-term dynasty league, that player has already traded away Ezekiel Elliott (laughs) to a contender for draft picks for next year. That player has already traded away their starting quarterback for players and draft picks for last year. So I think this team is completely okay going 0-13 if it winds up getting them draft picks For next year, thus the beauty of a kind of, uh, you know, a dynasty league. You're kind of on the cycle um, and can be buyers and sellers. So we really, definitely we put week 11 to bed. There has been a lot of stuff going on. And don't forget to go on over and get the Roto-Equits Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package. There's a special discount going over there. And to put the promo code THE KING for the last couple of weeks so you can get that final playoff push. When we come back, we've shut the door on week 11. we look get up health updates waivers and news as we go to Thanksgiving week 12 it's Dane and Scott on Roto Experts in the morning come on right back
0: the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game time decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boo! Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you.
2: Here, Dayton Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning, giving you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash on a Tuesday morning as we all pick our heads up from a 54-51 incredible game where 105 points were scored. Scotty, you said on Twitter, people saying it reminds me of, it reminds me of, I don't know if you remember this game. But I think I maybe have told this story before even on air. The very first football game I ever went to live turned out to be a historic game where, like this one, there were 900 yards of total passing. It was Dan Marino and Kenny O'Brien in the Meadowlands one year in 1985 or 86. And the Jets beat the Dolphins 51 to 45. Wesley Walker Caught a touchdown to tie it at the end, and a big-time touchdown in overtime to win it. The first football game I ever went to live, and the first time I ever sipped alcohol, my grandfather gave me some of his flask (laughs) to warm up a six-year-old Dane Martinez in the upper deck of the old Meadowlands, as we saw 900 yards, and we saw 900 yards passing last night. We saw seven punts, 11 TDs, seven turnovers, and 105 points in what many people believe believe uh you know like we would be honored to see it again in the uh first week of february scotty
1: yeah i i do remember that game you know that's uh not too far after right and i started watching football seriously like a a about a year and a half after so i i definitely remember that one
2: yeah, all right. You said everybody was on Twitter trying to trying to compare it to stuff. That would be the only thing I can compare. Everybody was it, but on I Twitter trying to be a comedian of some sort. One.
1: It was it was crazy.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. It was, it well, was like it was not only a high strategy. scoring game, but it was just like it was just like everybody was trying to be as witty as possible and compete with each other.
2: Ah, yes, but they should leave the wittiness to the professionals, and that's where we are, Scott. We over here, you know, we're, we're supposed to be witty. That can, You can't find this chemistry anywhere on Twitter. That is the point, Scotty. But let's um, move forward now. We put week 11 to bed. Let's go to week 12. Let's talk about some news and notes. Listen, my guy, Kerryon Johnson, they're saying he is week to week with a sprained knee. I think it's fairly obvious that with the short turnaround for the Lions – playing the early game on Thursday. I mean, Scotty, they're playing in only about 48 hours. They're going to be, you know, entering the stadium for their Thanksgiving game. I think it's very, I think they may have even already ruled him out for this Thursday. But the fact that it was kind of avoiding surgery, the term week to week, they're not even saying four to six or two to four this week to week makes me feel like he might, he's going to sit out on Thursday, but you got a viable shot for him to be right back in week 13. So uh, keep calm and carry on.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I don't think you keep calm about it. You know, it's a very important week. Uh, and to be without Karrion Johnson, you know, you're going to take a hit. What if your starting backfield is, as in, my, in one of my leagues is, Kareem Hunt and Karrion Johnson? You know, you're going to have to be starting, you know, something like Jalen yeah. Rashard and Theo Riddick. So this is a very important week. You yeah. know, it's, uh, the point is that all these teams, like th- these two teams last night, they scored all these points last night. And now they get to rest. <laughs> because right. they're running up and down the field so much, I think it works out. Yeah. But uh, you, you're really going to have to earn your victory if you want to claim pay playoff berth. If you got eight wins, like I do in like s- several leagues, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in three of them, though, it's going to be be without uh, Mahomes, and two of them are going to have to be without right. Goff. You know, Jane, Dane, you talk about how you plan ahead for defenses you know i had yeah. to plan ahead for quarterbacks you know i picked up lamar jackson in, in two leagues i have andrew luck in another i couldn't trade him i kept him fine i'll start him in week week uh you know week 12 if nobody wants him uh but right. it, you know this this does hurt because right now you, you could have made a good case that he was a back end rb1 the way he was starting to play
2: yeah, absolutely. Trust me, you know I've been high on him all season long. I guess it's interesting, Scott. You know, like your con, everyone's context makes their kind of urgency on the, some of these needs different, right? I, uh, you know, the place I have on Johnson for example is this team that I mentioned to you is ten and one and already has a star. I'm not really needing my team again until the bye, until until week fifteen. You know, so the fact that I and I do and my my kind of main running backs on that league are James Connor, Sony Michelle, and On Johnson. So the fact that he goes down, I'm like, oh, I just put Sonny Michelle in there. And then I feel like as long as Kerryon Johnson is back healthy for me week 15, I'm good to go. You know, like I don't need my players again until week 15. So I just hope their knees and brains are healthy at that point. But question for you, Scotty, do you uh, play in the LeGarrette blunt pond for waiver wires this week? I, I've got to or, you know, I got to assume because we've been talking about Theo Riddick that he got snapped up last week. If that's the case, do you go? Uh, do you go down to LGBT rights?
1: I probably have somebody on my bench if I okay. have good depth. That uh, right LGBT rights, <laughs> and have my on my bench that I, that I probably w- would trust more than that. But then, then again, is Blunt that bad of a choice? Because this team wants to be physical and they still want to run. They the ball. They want to run the ball, and you know, that's it's, it's, not, like, it's not like it's not like a Garrett Blunt is like thirty eight years old and still can't run the ball. So I think it's I think it's I hopefully I have better depth, but uh, you know, it's kinda hard right now. Yeah. Uh, like do you Does you start Legarrett Blunt or you just start Josh Adams? Do you start Legarr Blunt you, you, you start Peyton Barber? You know, I think I might start Blunt right. over both of those guys.
2: Interesting. Let me throw another name. If I know into he's gonna get a heavy mix.
1: workload, yeah.
2: Yep. Let me throw another name into this mix because we don't know what kind of workload this guy is going to get. But John Harbaugh says that, uh, you know, Gus Edwards, quote-unquote, took the bull by the horns. What the hell does that mean, Scott? Like, I have no idea about if Gus Edwards is going to be in this mix, if they're going to go back to Alex Collins. And the other thing, honestly, for me, Scott, is... Who's playing quarterback for Baltimore heavily impacts this decision. If they keep Lamar under quarterback, then I'm like, "Wait a second. This team is going to run the ball 45 times." So, yeah, give me some Gus Edwards. If they go back to Flacco, I don't know if, you know, if these running backs are as sexy anymore. What do you think about John Harbaugh saying that, you know, Gus really took the bull by the horns?
1: Uh, that coaches love clichés number 1. And uh, yeah. number two, if they run the ball 45 times, you get 22 of those could be from Lamar Jackson. So that leaves 23 right. to distribute maybe against three running backs. The, you know, the problem is here is that you never know with this backfield, you know, what exactly is going to happen. Gus Edwards could start, but either you know, they still might install Alex Collins near the goal line. Sure. Maybe Ty Montgomery gets more reps, uh, you know, they use Buck Allen on passing down, so this always has the danger to be a committee, whereas with a team like the Lions, you know that they want to be physical. You know that they want to run the ball, and if Kerry and Johnson isn't there, they can still do that with LeGarrette Blunt. So, you know, this deep into the season, look, Gus Edwards would be a hot pickup because any running back who has the potential to start has to be zoned in 0.0% of leagues, but... I would trust Garrett Blunt to have a heavier workload.
2: Yeah, I hear you. We'll, we'll kind of rank those guys a little bit later on in the show where we go position by position for the waivers. Other pieces of news uh, Josh Allen back practicing for the Buffalo Bills. Um, you think they're going to run him back out there for a team that, you know, obviously has nothing to play for? A lot of these teams are at the point of the season where they're trying to find out about their young players. Josh Allen back practicing for Buffalo. You think he's back under center for the Bills this week?
1: I don't think I can make a guess either way. I I really can't. Uh, because it's more of a Doctor A question. I don't know how A. I don't know how just how healed he is to the point where they right. feel comfortable about it. They don't have to roll him out this week. They'll have another four weeks to evaluate him. Uh, they don't have to risk it.
2: All right. Um, Last thing I want to ask you about, Scotty, before we dive into kind of the more formal waiver wire looks, and we're definitely going to do that, um, you know, kind of in the second half of our hour here. Um, Scott, you know, we've been throwing around the term MVP candidate you know, over the last week or two, I would say. And, you know, you've mentioned that you believe Gurley and the running backs, you know, could be considered in that one. I personally think it's become more of a quarterback award. I think we all agree that, you know, It always has been a quarterback award. Yeah, I mean, you know, always, I think we all yeah. agree that Mahomes is in the conversation. I think we all agree that Breeze is a leading contender. I know that we can make the case, obviously, for some Rams. You could probably make the case for Tom Brady every single year the same way you could make the chase for LeBron James almost every single year. I have been trying to get Phillip Rivers into the conversation, although I acknowledge that he is a tier below Uh, right now, although I do think he's having a great season. He kind of reverted back to old form on Sunday. I want to throw in another name. Uh, Scotty, that I think has starting to get buzz. You know, when you see all the reactions on Monday, it's amazing how people start to say on Monday, what we were saying the previous week, you know, we're saying things proactively. Other people are saying things retroactively. That's why you need to go to the fantasy sports radio network to win your leagues and win that cash. But I digress. Scotty, do you know the name I'm going to try and maybe insert into the MVP conversation?
1: No, but I'm about to find out. I, th- I thought it might. Yeah. Thought it might be.
2: Uh, thought it might be Isaiah Crowell, but I'll wait. It is not. It is not Isaiah Crowell. It is not <laughs> Orleans Darkwa. <laughs> um, Andrew Luck, Scott. Andrew Luck. Um, I, I. You know. Listen. I, I. think it's now. You know, fade to that he'll win the the uh, comeback player of the year award, right? I think that's pretty fair at this point. But what we have been talking about, Scott, I mean, I think it warrants MVP consideration. The man has thrown three or four touchdowns now seven games in a row. He has this Colts team in a six-playoff spot. We all believe this is a team that's starting to get better and better. I mean... Uh, they, they can kind of reel some off here. If Andrew Luck gets this team into the playoffs at nine and seven or 10 and six, which we went through last week or yesterday, and we believe is, you know, definitely possible. They're going to be contending against teams like the Ravens, the Bengals, the Titans, and I'll cast my luck with the improving Colts just as much as anybody right now. Um, maybe it's in a tier right below, like with a rivers, let's say, but do you think luck? Should start getting uh, MVP attention.
1: I see where you're coming from because basically on the on this, if you go into the word most valuable player, if you take Andrew right. Luck away from this team, they probably win one game. But the problem is he's not going to be in the conversation, and it's simple why. And, and right at this time, the Colts are a 500 ball club. They're five and five teams with. Five hundred records are not going. They're not. They're not going to get in, Their star players are not going to get MVP conversation right now.
2: What if they, they win that division? It's just not going to happen. What's they're two that? games back of the Texans. They're two games back of the Texans in that division. I don't know. I'll check the schedule to see if they've played each other already or not. But like, what if the Colts win that division? Which is still possible. They're only um, two games back.
1: If they if they if they win it at say ten and six, I don't think you're going to make a strong case. I think. I think uh look I see where you're coming from. I don't necessarily say you're wrong, but I don't mm-hmm. think there's going to be any momentum for building a case for him if they finish 10 and 6. Usually the MVPs come from the very best teams in the league. And yeah. I'm not I'm not saying you don't make salient points because you do. You do, but uh you know the team's right. got you know it's got to be like uh, I would say like at least 11 wins you know, for him to get any serious no, consideration. You. And I don't, yeah, they usually I don't think they, to the they're they gonna have teams. to run the table to get that, so I don't think it's gonna right. happen. Uh right yeah. now I would probably say, just really running through it quick, it's it's interesting. My I vote think we'll Brady's go on the on the outside right now. Uh yeah. I don't Deshaun Watson, I don't know if you can make a case. You know, it's like is J.J. Watt the most valuable player? Yeah, on I don't that think team? he is that dude. Yeah.
2: You yeah, have to they, be, like they you they said, got, a winning team have and, like, have one of those studs, right? So, on the AFC, you got Mahomes.
1: You got Mahomes. You got – right now, to me, it's it's hard to argue against Breeze. And let me run this down right. real quickly. Go ahead. Uh You know, Brady, you know, gets consideration because of who he is, but the team is 7-3. Second tier this year. Second tier.
2: Roethlisberger,
1: this year. I don't know if he's the most valuable player on the Steelers. I can make right. a case I agree. that Antonio Brown – should be their sure. MVP candidate. Uh, with the Texans, it might be J.J. Watt. Uh, with Mahomes, I think uh, I think he's still in the race, but I think he's a little bit on yep. the outside, looking into the top spot. To me, Rivers zapped himself out with a game stealing interception. MVPs don't do sure. that, uh, so sure. right now he's out of the mix for me. But it's I'm not saying you know he could finish okay. really strong and maybe erase that. Uh, with Chicago, Trubisky uh, you know, maybe get a few votes. Uh, with Breeze, I think it's very clear. With yeah. the Rams, I think it was proved at least to me last night from my own perspective, and everybody does this from their own perspective, is Gurley really the MVP because
2: they can not be the, right?
1: him to beat the Chiefs. So to me right now, it's clearly Drew Breeze.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I don't want to get into it too much because we got waivers to discuss. But honestly, if you put Kareem Hunt on the Rams instead of Todd Gurley, those Rams are still very, very prolific. They're still the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. But if you take Drew Brees off the Saints, um, it's a very big difference. To me, Drew Brees and his, I think, 25 touchdowns and one interception, I think, is what his split is right now. It's going to be very tough, especially if the Saints you know, go something like 14-2 and two and are the one seed in the NFC. I completely agree with you. Scotty, you were talking about in Leeds Real quick, though, this is why in. Giant
1: fans didn't want them to draft Saquon Barkley because... Ultimately, uh, running backs seem more replaceable than quarterbacks.
2: Yes. And at the same point in time, remember the key is also having that young quarterback that you can have on that rookie contract. And that then allows you to spend money in a lot of other places on your team. I mean, Scott, you know that obviously with Russell Wilson and how the window is open for them to spend money on the defense and others when he was still on his rookie contract. We've seen the same thing with Carson Wentz and a number of others, you know, the Rams going all in right now when Jared Goff is on that rookie deal. So we have seen a number of of examples of that real quick, Scotty, we talk about the quarterbacks, right? And you were mentioning, oh, you may have, listen, it's very possible that in a two quarterback league right now, you are going to war with Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota. If that's the case, you're screwed right now for this week. You could be having Patty Mahomes and Alex Smith in a two-quarterback league. If that's the case, you're screwed. You could have Jared Goff or Ryan Fitzpatrick very easily as your two quarterbacks. If so, you're screwed. So, Scotty, you're then lucky, though, because three new starting quarterbacks came on the radar literally last week. Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston, and Colt McCoy. If you absolutely had to be on the waiver wire for a quarterback in Week 12, let's Say you had Goff and Mariota. How would you rank those three? Is it Lamar, then Jameis, then Colt McCoy?
1: I have to rank Jameis first because I think he's going to have yeah. the job the rest of the way. But in any given week, I'd rather have Jackson if I know he's starting because we saw his floor last week, you know, with those rushing yards. He's always going to have like a really like 15 to 16 point floor, and if he gets them in the end zone, it's even more than that, more upside. And I, I just think Winston is too erratic, where it could be a zero touchdown, four interception game in any given week. But I have to give the edge to Winston because I think that he's clearly starting the rest of the way. Not clearly, but I would think he is. Where Jackson, I don't even know if he's starting this week. And obviously, you think they might
2: go to Jackson and then go back to Flacco, Scott?
1: No, I'm saying you. You think it might be just a healthy start?
2: Right. Yeah, it, they might go back to Flacco. Then, Interesting. You know, Jackson plays like a. Let's explore that. Let's explore that a little more on the other side of the break, and we'll talk running back and wide receiver waivers for Week 12 as well. It's Dane and Scott on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on, right back, Roto experts in the morning.
0: DailyRoto.com.
2: Tuesday and Wednesday this week and then Scott and I are off to uh, spend some time with our families over Thanksgiving. So, but we want to give you a Thanksgiving offer. Okay, if you want to be the next DFS millionaire, try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice for fantasy millionaires, free daily fantasy projections, free access, everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. Don't be a turkey, gobble, gobble, jive turkey. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code TG18 to enter your free five-day trial. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code tg one eight. All right, Scotty, you were saying, so I guess my question is this, you know, I guess the Ravens are still in it at five and five, but we've talked about this with say with like Tampa Bay and stuff, how they were in, you know, riding the magic wave until they were out of it. And now you're saying maybe the Ravens go back, the five and five Ravens who are tied for the second wildcard spot right now, go back to Joe Flacco. I, you know, do you think this could be a case where he loses his job from injury? You think Flacco could have gotten Wally pipped, or you think they go back to Flacco? I mean, at its barest essential, Scotty, Joe Flacco is four and five on the season. Lamar Jackson is one and zero on the season.
1: Yeah, but he played one game, so <laughs> you know, if he can lose the next two, and he can be one and two, so you want to know? I don't think that's meaningless. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen here because how healed is Joe Flacco going to be? And do they think Joe Flacco gives them a better chance to win than Lamar Jackson? You can make a case that they feel better with the more experienced quarterback in the critical situation. So I think we all want to see Lamar Jackson for fantasy purposes and NFL fans, but I don't know if they're going to do it.
2: All right. Fair enough. And let me ask you something. Why no love for Colt McCoy? We just started talking yesterday about how Colt McCoy, like, is kind of a serviceable guy. He's one of the best backups in the league, that sort of thing. We're saying Jameis can throw four picks at any time. We're saying we don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be there. Might Colt McCoy be actually, like, the safest floor of this group? No. No. Lamar Jackson has the
1: safest floor in this group. The guy can rush for, a you know, 80 to 100 yards and give you, like, an instant 8 to 12 points, right. you know, without even the passing in any given week. So, you know, they, they, he doesn't have the safest floor. He's, he's the most he, – he really doesn't appear to have any upside at all. You know, there's no love for him because, you know, I don't call myself an executive. You know, it's uh, – you know, to me, Colt McCoy is – you know, there, there's nothing exciting there. I mean, it doesn't look terrible either, but he doesn't look like he's going to help your fantasy team too much. I'm not saying he can't have, like, a two-touchdown, 280-yard, uh, no-interception game, and that's pretty good, but he certainly doesn't have the upside of the number two because Jameis Winston's got all that weaponry. You know, this, this guy is a, is a backup journeyman NFL quarterback, maybe one of the better ones with no weaponry. So, you know, he's not a consideration with the other two.
2: Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, you know, whoever it is in Washington is throwing it to Josh Dotson and Maurice Harris for goodness sake. So I understand that one. But listen, you got lucky because you do at least have some options that, you know, surface that starting quarterbacks because of the because of what happened in week 11. Let's look at those running back situations, Scotty, as we talk about waivers here. Let's say, you know, let's say you're SOL cuz you have Kareem Hunt and,, uh, you know, carry on Johnson, let's say, who it looks like will be missing the Thanksgiving game in a mere two days. Um I see some guys. I just want to throw some guys out at you and see kind of how you would rank. These guys. Listen, my guy Peyton Barber Scott is now still 60% owned, so you could still probably go out and get him. Josh Adams, who you mentioned, is 32% owned. Theo Riddick, especially if there's no carry on Johnson, might be interesting. We talked about LeGarrick Blunt, and then there's the Gus Edwards name as well. Um, so talk to me about, say, Barber. Adams. Although we know how you got, how you rank those two already. We already have a gentleman's bet on Barber and Adams. But how do uh, you know Gus Edwards and potentially Theo Riddick or Legarrette Blunt fit into the mix? How would you rank some of these heavily added running backs, Scotty?
1: Uh, I would. It's tough. I I I probably go. So the thing with, with with Barber is, is that you know he's going to get to work, but he really doesn't appear to have much upside. Adams has upside, but you don't know what the carrying load is going right. to be. So they're almost even with each other. Uh, you know, if I had to pick one off of waivers, I'd take Adams slightly for the upside. If you want to argue for Barber's side, I'm not mad at you. You know, it's not crazy. Uh, Edwards has some potential upside there. So if these these three guys are on waivers, I think I think I would probably go Adams. Uh, I, then I would probably go Barber. Then I would probably go Gus Edwards. To me, yeah. uh, to me, Blunt is a one-week <clears throat> play, so he's probably fourth. There, there's no floor for Theo Riddick, so he's probably fifth.
2: Okay. Any other guys that you see that are heavily added that you would put in this mix? I mean, I I don't really see people. There's always the people coming back from buys, but you knew about these guys. You knew about Brita already. You knew about you know Drake. Already, I guess the one guy coming off by who is not as heavily owned is, but you it'd be worth a shot. I'm seeing Duke Johnson at 70 percent owned coming back from the Cleveland Browns uh, worth a look, you know, but he is 70 percent owned.
1: Yeah, if, if he's out there, you have to scoop him up. Uh, right. If, but, you know, he is 70. Be, be, cr- be crazy if he's out there, but uh, you certainly have to scoop him up. And, and t- Tennessee t- t- go- on
2: by last week.
1: Yeah, it's six teams on a bye, uh, you know, maybe they had to get cut, you know, sometimes it's that de- sometimes it's desperate measures.
2: Right. So, I mean, at least it is worth the look in your league, because almost a third of leagues, you can still go out and get Duke Johnson. And correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, but Duke Johnson would be ahead of all of these names, right?
1: I would think so. Yeah. You know, with yeah. The, the way they've been installing him in the offense.
2: Mm-hmm. And the one other thing I'll say real quick before we move on to wide receivers, Scott, is, listen, when I was looking at the most heavily added guys yesterday, you know, I I saw something that was interesting. Yesterday, two of the most heavily added guys were Spencer Ware and uh, Malcolm Brown, you know, the handcuffs to the two guys on Monday Night Football. And if they're available, you know, and you can always do this in a lot of league formats on Monday Night Football, the team who... The teams who still have yet to play, those people on those teams are still listed as free agents, not necessarily waivers. So if you have the last guy on your bench and you didn't start him, I know at least in Yahoo and some other formats, you can always drop the last guy on your bench for a purely speculative ad from the teams playing Monday Night Football. I have done this before in years past and just take like a bench running back from the teams on Monday Night Football, just in case, you know, your guy gets banged up. I did this a couple years ago, I think, with the Devontae Booker from Denver, and sure enough, I like C.J. Anderson tore his knee on that Monday Night Football game, and I was gifted a starting running back. So, but we And we've also been talking, Scott, about how to go to the playoffs. You need those handcuffs. So there's no reason guys like Ware and Brown, Eckler, Gallman, Rod Smith should be available right now.
1: Yeah, uh, you know you want to have those handcuffs over guys that you know you're not going to start. You know we've we've been talking about it for weeks now.
2: Yeah, what do you think about what I'm saying here on Monday night? If you have a kind of last guy on the bench, uh, revolving door to take a completely speculative ad on a um on the teams playing Monday night. Some guy in my long-term dynasty league did this last night. I was a little bit upset. Uh, picked up Chad Henney. Just on the kind of case, just in case Patty Mahomes went down. You know, yeah, he's obviously gonna, you know, drop them for something next week. But churning that kind of bottom spot in your order on a completely speculative Monday Night Football ad. What do you think about that, Scotty?
1: Uh, I don't know if I'm a big fan of it necessarily. Uh, I can see where it comes from, though. But you could, I, you I like the fact, that, like, okay, if Mahomes if Mahomes goes down. Uh, you know, then I have Henny, but, you know, I can do that. I can churn for Sunday night as well there, you know. I don't know if I, I'm necessarily, like, I'm not, I'm not against it, but it's not something that I'm regularly going to do.
2: Hmm. Okay. I saw people doing it for Spencer Ware. I saw people doing it for Brown a lot uh, yesterday. So I just wanted to put that out there. Scotty, on the wide receiver side, um, listen, I would say here's some names that I see that are, you know, 40% owned or less. Uh, Traquan Smith at 25% owned, DJ Moore at 40% owned, Kiki Cutie at 30% owned, Christian Kirk and Anthony Miller at around 40% owned. These are all guys that I would be absolutely fine to have. Um, Are you picking some of these guys up?
1: Yeah. Let's go one at a time. Let
2: me use Traquan Smith. Let me use Traquan Smith as the bar, right? Yeah, because people want a piece of that Saints offense. Would you rather have Traquan Smith or DJ Moore?
1: Uh, I would probably rather go with DJ Moore because I feel like DJ Moore has more of the opportunity, no pun intended, uh, to step forward and be that team's number one pass catcher. But they're both, like we say with these rookie wide receivers, they're both going to be inconsistent. I think it's close because Smith does play into better offense, but I feel like there's more opportunity for more.
2: Yep, absolutely. Okay, I personally yeah, – And a, a lot I of times that becomes
1: towards. a debate. A lot of times right. that becomes a debate with these with these guys with trades and, and waivers. Mm-hmm. Like, I want the guy in the better offense, and I don't always think yep. that's necessarily the case. I was talking about it with somebody yesterday. Do you want Nick Chubb or Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram plays in a better offense, but he's ceding he's a lot to Alvin Kamara. Nick Chubb, you know, gets – Gets like most of the, the carries there. So it's not always about who's abetting the better offense to me, necessarily.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I do use that as one of the kind of tiebreakers, as it were, but not if these people are in completely different tiers, you know. But I would like to get as many, as much of the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, some of these very oh, yeah, I offenses see offenses as possible. But so um, it comes
1: offense, before first workload, though, and every yep. situation is different, I think.
2: What about Kiki QT? Uh, How would he be? So it sounds like you have DJ Moore ranked slightly ahead of Traquan Smith. Where would Kiki QT fit in that ranking?
1: To be honest with you, he'd probably be first. Uh, Okay. You know, this is a guy when he's played, we've seen a consistent floor from him, and we just don't see it with those other players.
2: Okay, so it sounds like you're going QT, then Moore, then Traquan Smith. I got two other names I want to introduce as we form your wide receiver, kind of waiver wire priorities. Uh, Christian Kirk. What about Christian Kirk? Uh, not as in the mix. It looks like under Byron Leftwich, they're using more David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, but we know the kid is dangerous, as evidenced by a 45-yard catch uh, on Sunday. Where did Christian Kirk fit in this packing order?
1: Probably a close fourth. Uh, okay. You know, we've seen him just do it. Just below
2: Trey Smith?
1: But just below, and I, I, I don't think he had quite has the upside. I'm not saying he doesn't have any upside. I'm saying he doesn't sure. have quite the upside. Of Traquan Smith and uh, DJ Moore.
2: Last name I'll throw into this is uh, for a team I know you like, a name that I know you've been high on earlier in the season Anthony Miller. Another rookie wideout, so the same kind of questions on consistency as all these guys. These are all rookies, right? Trey DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, Kiki QT. So the consistency we know is an issue, but where would Anthony Miller fit in this pecking order? It sounds like right now you go QT, Moore, Trey Smith, and then Christian Kirk. Where does Miller fit in?
1: I'm going to go Miller first. I think there's a a, a combination of scoring ability, and big play upside there and a very good offense. Uh, I feel like he's going to be more consistent. Yeah, we'll see two catches for 26 yards sometimes, but that may come with a touchdown. Uh, I feel like Miller is the best combination of upside. And while QT has the best floor, I don't think he has the upside. I think of all the rookies, he has probably has, a, not all, not any of them have a 100% safe floor. But I, I just feel like he, he's clearly defined as like a starting wide receiver for the Bears' offense right now, and a prime target.
2: Interesting, because I was going to actually take the other Plus side and there's got a the lot of mouths to feed. I was going to say there's a lot of mouths to feed in Chicago. There's Allen Robinson, there's Taylor Gabriel, there's Trey Burton, you know, there's uh, the running backs, Cohen and Howard. I was going to say it's much more of a cloudy picture in Chicago, but Scotty is going Anthony Miller. I don't know, know if I, I don't know if I
1: agree with that. You know, Burton hasn't right. been putting up the numbers, and Gabriel has been very, very inconsistent and disappointing uh since those two 100 yard games
2: all right so there are five rookie wideouts there that if they are available the king is okay but let me ask you scott you're okay with picking any of these guys up right at this point i think uh christian kirk was the last on this five person pecking order but you would still much rather kirk than say an oakland raiders wide receiver that's replacing lafell or jordy nelson right you would much rather these five rookies than say like a seth roberts correct
1: Yeah, Seth Roberts is not even on my fantasy radar.
2: Yeah, that's what I wanted to make sure. So we gave you five kind of wide outs that you could pluck from the waiver wire we gave you guys like peyton barber josh adams you know gus edwards as well you're lucky to have some quarterbacks right there on the radar if you need them in week 12 scotty last thing i want to do is tight end i mean there's a gap there's some guys like the john smith your guy chris herndon around 10 percent ownership but one guy i want to throw out there tell me if you think he would be head and shoulders above the rest and it is conditional but i think i'm trying to make america braid again scott i mean they're they're changing they are going back to Jameis. Winston for week 12. We know he likes Cameron Braid a lot in the red zone, and OJ Howard's getting a second opinion on his knee. He might be banged up. If, and I know we don't know this, but if it is Jameis Winston with no OJ Howard, I think you gotta put Cameron Braid in lineups, right?
1: Yes, you do. And we should, look, a lot of waivers will run tonight. We should know something maybe by today. They're getting a second opinion on OJ Howard. Him, sure. yeah. But, but, the first
2: opinion was not overly negative. True, but even if he's like, you no. know, banged up but gives it a go, I think that's still a boom for Cameron Brait, right? Because, <clears> I mean, <throat> if, if O.J. Howard is limited in any way, the beauty of having two tight ends is that you go to the other one, you know. And so I really do think Brake can get involved, a nice little matchup against San Francisco this week. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't disagree with that.
2: So am I right that you would uh, put a claim in for Cameron Braid over, say, John O. Smith or Chris Herndon?
1: Uh, I really like Chris Herndon.
2: I know you love Herndon.
1: Uh, I'm gonna have to. I, I'm probably gonna have to answer that later today on social media. do <laughs> you know about OJ Howard, right? If if I know if OJ Howard's gonna play, I'd rather have Herndon. If he's not going to, then I would. No, it doesn't look like right. he's gonna play. Then I'd rather have Bray. I, I really like Chris Herndon for fantasy purposes. I really feel <laughs> like he's the clear. Jets' number one <laughs> pass catcher.
2: Yeah, I mean, that may be f- clear. We'll see what happens uh, if and when Sam Darnold is back in the saddle. I just believe that if there is no O.J. Howard, you have a potential top ten tight end on your hands that popped up on the radar. We've seen Jameis Winston, William oh, yeah. Cameron, Bray in the red zone a ton. Um, last thing, Scotty, you know, and, you know, we're talking football. We're in the meat of the football season. But as you know, I'm a big Yankee fan, Scotty. And the Yankees made some noise yesterday. I've been saying all – you've heard me, Scott, for about the better part of six months. I've been saying what the Yankees need is a starter that they can put behind Severino and ahead of Tanaka to pitch a game to. Uh Scotty, does the big maple, James Paxton, if healthy, does he qualify as that exact need?
1: Yeah, I think uh... – and he becomes so interesting for fantasy purposes because we've seen what he can do when he's healthy. And, Dude, uh, right. you know, playing play Yankee Stadium, he might do up a long but But still, uh, you know, to have that kind of offensive support, et cetera. And I think he has the mentality to succeed in New York. Not everybody does necessarily. I think it becomes yeah. very, very
2: enticing for fantasy purposes. Not yeah. safe, but a lot of upside there. Yeah, the velocity at the top of that rotation with, you know, the Big Maple and Sevy is nice. And Yankees still got some money to spend, so I'll take it. We'll talk more tomorrow, Scott.